Welcome to the Man in the Mirror Bible Study Podcast. Every day, men wake up to a constantly changing world. New trials and temptations are always waiting right beyond the horizon. But the Bible doesn't change, and its truth is timeless. Thanks for joining Man in the Mirror as we dive into the scriptures to learn what God has to say about his love in our lives. We are currently in a study called Getting to Know the Twelve Disciples. We're excited for you to join us on this journey, getting to know the men Jesus called to lead his church. This week, we're looking at Peter. Our speaker today is teacher and author Pat Morley, founder of Man in the Mirror. We are going to start a new series today, and the title of the series is Getting to Know the Twelve Disciples. What's fascinating about getting to know the stories of the Twelve Disciples is that as we understand their stories, we get a better picture into our own stories as well. And today we're going to be looking specifically at Peter, why we identify with him so easily. Peter is a a fascinating character in, in the Bible. And I think by looking at his story first, we're going to uh, be, be drawn into the, the whole series. And the first thing I want to talk about is the greatness of Peter, the greatness. The reason that we all know the, the name of Peter is because of his greatness. The greatness of Peter still to this day reverberates all around the world every day. The name Peter is on the lips of millions of people all around the world every day. And that's because of his greatness. So I'm going to give you three reasons why people identify with Peter so easily. And the first reason is because of his greatness. We're going to look at the, the arc of his life. And we're going to begin with his, the first time he's uh, with Jesus. And we're going to end with the last time he's with Jesus. And we're going to do all that in less than 30 minutes. All right? So let's go. So the first thing we see here is that with regard to his uh, greatness is that Peter is a fisherman who leaves everything to follow Jesus. So Andrew had already introduced his brother, Simon Peter, to Jesus. uh, But later that Jesus was walking down uh, the shore of a lake and decided to give a message and borrowed, uh, borrowed a boat and gave his message. And when he was done, he uh, said to the men who had loaned him the boat, Andrew and uh, Peter, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left the nets and followed him. Now, that doesn't mean that they sold their business. Uh, they, just, they just put it into a mini storage unit there in, uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, they came back to it later. But, and then the next thing we see in terms of the greatness of Peter is that Peter is promoted because of his faith. He, Jesus, and the disciples are there in a place called Caesarea Philippi, which is a little bit further north. And Jesus asks, you know, who do people say that I am? And they say, well, some say you're, you're one of the prophets. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say John the Baptist. Jesus says, but but who do you say that I am? And Peter blurts out, he says, you are the son of God. And Jesus replies, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, 
I will build my church. So this, this revelation that's been given, on this rock, I will build my church. You're going to be the person to whom I give the keys. And then after the resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is given at Pentecost, and the people thought the disciples were drunk because they were speaking in foreign languages. And Peter stood up with his 11, and he raised his voice and addressed the crowd, and, and he said to them, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And then he gave this incredible message. And that day, 3,000 people received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's possible there are only about 120 disciples left when Jesus ascended in heaven. It's possible that, Jesus had, that Peter had more converts in one sermon than Jesus had in his whole ministry. Probably not, but in terms of what's actually recorded, yes. And then uh, Peter healed a, a lame beggar. He was walking with uh, John one day around the temple, and there was a man who met eyes with Peter, and the guy thought that Peter was going to give him some money. But Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Walk. And the, and the lame beggar was healed. And he walked away. In fact, he jumped to his feet and he began to walk. And so this was now being discovered, recognized all over Jerusalem and the surrounding land. And then he became so famous that people actually lined the streets just so that Peter's shadow might fall on them as he passed by. Here's the text. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Incredible greatness. And then he raised a woman from the dead, this woman Dorcas died. She became sick and died. And, and uh, Peter was called in and, and he sent everybody out of the room. He got down on his knees and he, and he prayed. And, and she was raised back to life. She came back to life. He took her by the hand, helped her to her feet. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented them to her alive. The greatness of Peter is, the reason we're still talking about him today, is the greatness of Peter, the great deeds, the great work that he did. He is so famous. And then at his death, it's said that he was martyred. We don't have biblical literature except the veiled prophecy from Jesus that he'd be led away. But it's said from uh, Eusebius uh, to Clement, and then Clement wrote down that, that Peter was crucified. Actually, the, the story would be that Peter was married and that they first crucified his wife, and as she was being carried away, he said to her, remember the Lord, and then they came to crucify him, but he asked to be crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified in the same way that Jesus was. And so there are many depictions, depictions of this. This is one of those famous pieces of art. Sorry for those of you listening. You can't see this. It's beautiful. And if it were just for this greatness of Peter, I don't think that that's the reason that you and I would be 
so easily able to identify with him. But in addition to all of this greatness comes the second reason that we can identify with him, and that's because of his, all of the flaws that Peter had too. And so let me give you the big idea for the day, that God would use such a flawed man to do such great things gives me hope that I can do great things too. That's, that's where it really gets me. That's where it grabs me in the gut, that God would use such a flawed man to do such great things. Gives me hope that I can do great things too. You'll see that again in a moment if you want to write it down. So let's look at the also, in addition to the greatness of Peter, the second reason we identify with him, and that's the saga of his flawed humanity. So we're going to be looking, you know, we're looking at a, a number of episodes. Here are a few episodes eight of them that attest to his flawed humanity. But the, the first part of this saga comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 4 to 8. And when Jesus had finished, in the story I told earlier, giving his sermon from the boat, he told Peter and his fellow business owners to let out into the deep for a, a, a great catch of fish. And, and Peter said, Lord, you understand, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught a thing. But since you said so, we, we'll, we'll do it. And they, they, they went out and they caught so many fish that they had to call their partners over. They filled both boats. Both boats started to sink. Isn't it interesting? I was thinking this morning, it just popped in my head this morning, but I was thinking, you know, who needs the miracle more? Who do you think really needs the miracle do you think the righteous man needs a miracle? Or is it the sinner for whom the miracles have been done? So a miracle is performed, and, and Peter responds. He, when, P, when Simon Peter saw this, he, he fell at Jesus' knees, and he said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. I am a sinful man. And then in Matthew 14, verse 28 to 31, Right after Jesus had fed the 5,000, you can imagine how full of themselves the disciples must have been. They were, they were the, the coolest act in town. The, you know, they were Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They were, they were more famous than the Beatles. They were far more famous than, than uh, John, Paul, George, and Ringo. I mean, these were like the most famous guys in the world. And they must have been so full of themselves. And so Jesus sent them on ahead in a boat to go across the lake, and he went up into the mountains to pray. And it says in the Bible on the fourth watch, which in Roman time is between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus came to them walking on the water. And they were terrified. And Peter, his lovely, flawed humanity, he says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. <laughs> what? How random is that? You know, you're, Jesus is walking in the water, they're afraid. Hey, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come and walk on the water too. And Jesus said, okay, come walk on the water. And then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Lord, save me! And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then, right after the, 
lovely confession of faith at Caesarea Philippi where Peter says, you know, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the Lord. From that time on, it says, the very next verse, Jesus began to explain how he needed to be arrested, go to Jerusalem, be killed, and on the third day, be raised to life. And then it says that Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord! So he just said, you know, you are the Messiah. And uh, he takes him aside and says, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter right after he made this good, beautiful confession. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now, he wasn't saying that he was Satan, but he was saying he was acting in accordance with the ideas of Satan. And then later, after most of the ministry had taken place, they're in the upper room. Jesus washes their feet, and he comes to Peter. He said, I'm laying down an example for you to follow. And he comes to Peter, and Peter says, are you going to wash my feet too? He said, yes. And Peter said, no, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet, you have no part in me. And then Peter said, Lord, not just my feet then, but my hands and my head as well. Just throwing himself so far into the kind of humanity that you and I can identify with. And then Jesus identifies Judas as, as his betrayer. Judas leaves the room. And then Jesus says that all of the disciples are going to desert him and leave. And Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Now, Jesus has just said, Jesus, who he's recognized as the Messiah, has just said that all of the disciples are going to fall away. And Jesus says, even if all the others fall away, I never will. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same thing. So we are so easily drawn to this disciple because of his greatness, but also because of this flawed humanity. This, you, you know a Peter, right? You have a Peter in your life. He's just this passionate person, and maybe you're the Peter, but there's just this, this, this passion, this almost reckless abandon. I will never disown you. And then Jesus is arrested. You all know the story. He follows Jesus to the, the house of the high priest, and the servant girl recognizes him and says, you were with him, weren't you? I don't know the man. I don't know the man. And then another servant said, I think I recognize you. Weren't you with Jesus? I don't, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. And then a third time, and he said, he called down curses on himself, and he says, I don't know the man. 
And then the cock crowed three times about it. You know the story. Then, after the resurrection of Jesus, he appears three times. After the second appearance, Peter says, you know, Jesus appears and then he goes away. He says, well, he says to the other man, he said, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. Okay, Jesus has just changed the world. All, everything that's been prophesied about him has come true. He's been raised from the dead. He's gone to be with the Father. They've been there at the ascension. Uh, they're, they're going to be there at the ascension. He's been, he's been raised from the dead. And he's appeared to Peter and the others. And Peter says, ah, I'm going fishing. And the others said, well, we'll go with you. So they were out fishing, and then Jesus appears on the shore of the lake. They recognize him. John recognizes him. And he says, it's the Lord. And so Peter put on his clothes. He you know, stripped down a little bit to do the fishing. Put his clothes on and jumped in the water and started swimming for shore. Jesus prepares them a meal. And then Jesus says to Peter, Simon, do you love me more than these? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. And then a second time, Simon, do you love me? He said, you know that I love you, Lord. And then a third time, Jesus says, Simon, do you love me? And at that point, Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? But then Jesus restored Peter and filled with the Holy Spirit, he became the man who is on the lips of millions, tens of millions of people every day, 2,000 years later. The big idea that God would use such a flawed man to do such great things gives me hope that I can do great things too. And then the third reason that we identify with Peter so easily, the first reason is his greatness. The second reason is we can identify with his flawed humanity. And the third reason is, is that uh, he gives us hope. He gives us hope. I was thinking uh, this morning, you know, Jesus really is our example. Jesus is our example, but he's perfect. <laughs> and I don't identify with him quite as easily on a personal level as I do with Peter. So Peter is also an example for us. He's also a model for us. Teddy Roosevelt gave easily, one of the most famous speeches of all time. He gave it in France. It's quoted by, I've heard so many different people quote this over the years, from sports team managers and great athletes to politicians to Christian leaders. I've used it myself on more than one occasion. It's called the man in the arena. And I think that this is who you and I want to be. And Peter gives us hope that we can be this man. I'm going to read The Man in the Arena by Teddy Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. 
but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows the end, in the end, the triumph of high achievement, like Peter, and who at the worst, if he fails, like Peter, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. We're starting with Peter because we can so easily identify with him. The big idea today that God would use such a flawed man to do such great things gives us hope that we can do some great things too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, remarkable man, this obviously human man, flawed like us, how you chose him to, to do such great things, and what an example he is for us to follow, and how easily it is for us to uh, identify with him, because we want to do some great things too, Lord. And uh, looking at the, 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 the life of Peter, we see that you can use a flawed man. In fact, if you didn't use flawed men, you wouldn't have any to use at all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find the Man in the Mirror Bible Study wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on our YouTube page. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and share the podcast with friends. Since 1986, Man in the Mirror has been teaching the Bible, helping us reflect deeply as men and apply God's truth to our lives. This Bible study is recorded in front of a live audience every Friday morning outside of Orlando, Florida. If you need help navigating your life or leading other men, please go to maninthemirror.org and check out our vast library of Bible study videos, blogs, and articles on Christian growth and leadership. There are plenty of resources you can use to grow in your faith and help others grow too. At maninthemirror.org, you will find books written just for men, helpful materials for your church's ministry to men, and even a potential career in men's discipleship. If you're a man personally struggling in life, or you need help in discipling men, please send us an email at biblestudy at maninthemirror.org and let us know how we can help.